welcome back to episode two of Quest Lore, a Family Lorcana podcast. Um, coming back to you is Jennifer, my lovely husband Matthew, and our two kids, Malcolm. Hi. And Evan. You betcha. Good. Catchphrases. Excellent. <laughs> episode two, catchphrases, full effect. Yes. Exactly what we wanted. We'll see if they stick. Um, so we want to start off our episode today with talking about how we uh, did at this week's um, league play. So we all play in a Lorcana league at our local game store. Um, and so we thought we'd talk about how we're doing. I think this week was week eight of league, if I remember correctly. Yeah, of the season. They skipped a couple of weeks uh, because of the Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff. But I think we're, we've made it through two full sheets of uh, sticker placement. So. Yes. So we're at, we're at our eighth week, I believe. Um, I know that the three of us have well have like didn't get to go to a couple weeks, um, because the boys were actually in a play. Um, something that we all share a distance of ours is theater. Um, and so the three of us missed a few weeks for that. So out of the four of us, Matt I think is in the lead. Um, in the lead for week points. Um, out of I think he's probably yeah. like in second or third place, maybe. Yeah, but that's just because I don't have anything to do on Sundays, and you guys did, so I'm just less interesting overall. <laughs> is the only reason I have more points. I don't know because I don't actually count them. I just put stickers on a sheet. Yeah. And I say sticker, 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 sticker. And then points. Um. So for this week's league play, um, I actually um won the whole league, so I actually did the best out of all of us. It's the first time I've ever won. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I was really proud of myself. Um, I almost went undefeated, but in the final round, um, I did end up losing my second game. But um, but I did still win two best two out of three, and I ended up you know going undefeated in my first two rounds. So I ended up winning the whole thing, which was awesome. Um, in our local game store that we play at, which is the Eighth Side, um, in um, Lingenburg, Michigan, I believe. Yep. Um, and so that is where we always play. Um, um, most of the time we play there. And, um, and yeah, so we, uh, what they do is, um, when we play, um, everybody gets a pack of cards afterward, um, but then the winner gets two packs, so that was really exciting for me. How did, uh, Emmett and Malcolm, Emmett, how did you do? Not that good. Not that good? I got good last place. Okay. But did you have fun? I had so much fun. <laughs> the best part That's about the kind of is that it's funny when you don't win, right? That's uh-huh. I got fifth place, which isn't that bad because I usually get a little lower. I think they're yeah, the highest is, place kids. This was out of 15 yeah, people there, 15 so people it's not high. like it was out of eight. It was, it yeah. was about 15 people. You went two and one, which is yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I lost to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's so, right. We're doing Swiss rounds um, for our league, so all of you need to get in there to get paired up. Um, and so Jen, myself, and Malcolm uh, all went into that last round undefeated. Uh, so Jen was playing another person there, and the two of us had to go against each other. And uh, well, I'm just I'm not going to go easy on my son. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. So we're not that kind of parent. <laughs> so Jen and I both were undefeated. So I was second place. She was first place due to the tiebreakers, which the next one was, uh, which the tiebreaker was for opponent game winning uh, percentage. So Jen played harder opponents than I did because her opponents won more games overall. Um, 
but it was still awesome because that means we got extra packs for the family. And Jen pulled the best card she could have pulled from her pack. What was it? It was the beast, the big All right, sad boy beast. Sad boy beast, yeah. Yes, yes. Sad boy. Uh, so the the beast tragic hero, which is the actual name of the card, but we just like to call him sad boy beast because uh, he's just leaning over the balcony, looking at everything, covered in ink. He's just oh man, this is gonna take forever to get back to you. <laughs> um, but what he's really good at is when you put him down, he doesn't have any damage on him. During your next turn, you're going to get to draw two cards instead of one. Then, if he does get damage on him, which happens a lot because people don't want you to draw, he turns in from a three strength to a seven strength on your turn. So he becomes a powerhouse that can take out most enemies. But then, if he does have, um, if he does have any damage on him, he still has an awesome ability, right? right. Yeah, that ability of getting that now seven yeah. strength instead of yeah. three. So, so. He has an awesome ability, whether he has no damage or he has damage. So, you know, it's almost one of those things where opponents are, you know, if they can't take him out in one turn, they're worried about leaving damage on him because of that awesome ability, uh, which is great. Um, and actually, that card would be an amazing card to pull during a draft, which is our big topic that we are going to be leading into. Um, for today's episode. If you can read these signs. They can't see it yet, buddy. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, we did do one other thing or oh, later, right? right? Because Into the Inkland, still two more weeks before it comes out. Yeah, so two weeks. We're, um, we're really excited. Uh, there have been a flurry of new cards, and we're going to go over some of the new cards today. But um, one thing we did do, because uh, one gap, uh, there's like two gaps pretty much in Disney movies where none of us have seen them. Um, and both of those movies are being featured in this set. So we want to catch up to make sure we know where these cards come from. Uh, so we took a minute and watched Treasure Planet yep. last mm -hmm. week. Um, and none of us have seen it. No, none of us have seen Treasure Planet. It was so. kind of around the time when Matthew and I were graduating high school, getting all, you know, getting to that little too old for Disney movies, which of course never really happens because, you know, yeah, I mean, it was before Disney Adult was a real thing. Yeah. So, so you know, we you know we just kind of had that little bit of gap where we don't we felt like we could fill with Pixar, like we still mm -hmm. felt okay watching yeah. Pixar films, yeah. but those that you know those few years of Treasure Planet and Tarzan and um you know like the, those few years we just you know I, I think until Tangled fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Until Tangled that was, was the first one that really got us back on the Disney wagon. Yeah. Because that's when, like, the two of us were born, and we started watching Disney movies, and, mm -hmm. and uh, when you watched, like, Princess and the Frog, and Tangled, and, um, like, other great Disney, and Moana, and you guys were just like, why aren't we watching these things? Yeah, we, actually, we didn't actually even watch, I think the first time we watched Princess and the Frog was, like, on the, for our first Disney cruise. Yeah. It, it was just that. Yeah. It was just on in the background. We and I didn't even watch, watch it before it. that. And then we realized, this is great. This is a really good really movie. Great. Like, what are we doing? Really but we're not talking about Princess and the Frog. Treasure Planet. <laughs> Treasure Planet. What do we think of it, boys? It's, it's okay. Like, the... Like, the only reason why I like watching this movie is to get into the card. There's only <laughs> one card already that has um, been released and players have been playing with that card in, in Wakanda. Like, now that card is... John Silver. John Silver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was an okay movie. 
I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, if it was on in the background somewhere, like, I would probably still get sucked into it. Like, it does have a decent storyline. It has some, you know, some memorable characters. Like, I won't lie, like, Morph is, like, the coolest. I love Morph so much now. So I'm really excited about his card. And um, after going over some of those cards last week, it was nice to see how they mesh with them together. So it's like one of the things I love so much about Morgana is that like a lot of the cards with special abilities make sense from the movie lore if you yeah. understand. Yeah, I'll that's... You, yeah. Can I give you some examples? Well, yeah. How about one? Okay, so here's an example of two cards that are the exact same. So, Lama, those are Lama Tala and Tiana's dad. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, okay. whenever she um is killed, they go into the ink well because it's because they do die because she does die in the building. <laughs> Tiana's dad is basically just Colette, but stronger. Because he does die in the building. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, okay. Malcolm, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was a really good movie. Okay. I like the story arc and with like the whole John Silver and Jim thing. I love more. More. Thank you. The best. And I, I like the science man. Sure. Yeah, the science man. It's like that's like. <laughs> That would like cemented it in that late 90s, early 2000s for me is that we have uh, an actor named David Hyde Pierce uh, portraying that guy. I forget his name too. Whatever. But, anyways, portraying him, and I'm like, wow. Disney really thought, you know what kids want? David They want the guy from Frasier. From Frasier. Just to play Niles from Frasier in a cartoon. That's what they want. Yes. That's a space dog. Um, So let's get Niles. And have him do a space dog bit. That will be <laughs> our ticket to marketing gold. Uh, I thought the movie was like aggressively okay. Um, that would be my my turn for it. It's like I if I never see it again, I'll be fine with it. Um, but if the kids have it in the background, I'm not gonna turn it off. I have a question. Yeah. What? Are you talking about the robot or the dad? No, no. Okay, so the, the, the scientist. The space dog guy. The guy who was the scientist who ended up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> If you haven't seen a, how old is it? Twenty-five year old movie. I don't know. We're old. Um, the the guy who marries the captain that's the cat in the end. Okay. That's the dog. Yeah, yes, the cat's a frog. What? Cat ears with a cat tail. <laughs> cat. What? You know what frogs look like? <laughs> wow. It's not. I thought you were our local animal expert. I am. Well, not I'm not. Anymore. I'm not an expert on the. Animals on two feet. So, anyways, I think our recommendation is it's all right. It's worth watching once if you've never seen it, especially if you are playing Larkana, so you can understand how the the card goes with the movie lore. Yes. So, anyways, that was our week this week. Let's move on to our main topic, which is drafting. Uh, With Into the Inklands coming out, um, what you're going to find at your local game stores is a lot doing. Um, events to celebrate the pre-release. So local game stores get it two weeks before all the big bucks, so those Best Buy, Walmarts, and whatnot get it. Um, and a lot of the stores do two different events. 
Um, one is called a sealed um, event where basically everyone gets six packs. You open those up privately, you move your own deck with those six packs, and then you play against each other. Um, another version of a, of a limited event, which is uh, what these kind of terms are known as, is drafting. Um, so with drafting, right, everyone typically gets uh, four packs. And you sit in a big circle or two big circles, depending on how many you have, and you open up your packs and you look through your cards and you pick whichever one from that set that you want. You put that card down, you pass the rest of the cards to the person to your left, your right, depending on which way you're going. They take out cards, they pass that stack around and it just goes around in a circle until everyone has taken cards from that. There's no more cards in that pack. You open up the next pack and do the same thing again. Um, then from that, so you'll get, uh, you do it with four packs, 12 cards in a pack, so you get 48 cards. You then take the best 40 cards that you picked. You don't worry about ink color. You don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. Like, and uh, you make your deck. And then you play against each other with a 40-card deck. Um, it's a lot of fun because you get to open packs. You get to see new cards. And it's great for um, these card releases because you get all these new cards that you haven't seen. Everyone's kind of playing against each other. Not really sure how the best way things are going to work out. Um, it's a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. We've done a couple for, uh, we've done one for set one. We did a mixed one for set one, set two. Um, I've done ones just for set two. So we, we've done a few ourselves. We're excited to do, do some uh, on release night this time. This will be our first time because obviously set one, set two, people were just lucky to even get cards. Uh, this time it doesn't seem to be that much of a problem getting it. So I know of a couple stores around us that are doing um, drafts that we're going to be doing that night. Um, should be a lot of fun. And you know, another thing about drafts too is that it's great for new players that are getting into it because the rules are a little bit more lax. You're not going to be playing as you know against like as heavy hitters that are have like just a solid perfect deck built to go that they're ready to play with. Everybody's playing with a brand new deck, so even experienced players just might not draft a great deck and so new players might have um some luck and actually do really well and it's a great way to get a whole bunch of cards yeah. um you know and it's also a great trading event too usually a lot of trading will happen after those events which again is great for new players so if you are a new lorcana player just kind of stumbled upon this to see if you think it's for you um or your kids a draft is a really great way to get into it. What do you guys think? What do you like drafts? I love I mean, drafting is really fun. I mean, I like it a little bit more than um normally playing. And it's just a great experience. Uh, drafting for me, it's good, I guess. <laughs> Ringing no, endorsement. I guess normal fights are better because because you know where your deck is. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. And you don't really know your deck so much because if you're a kid, you basically force your dad to leave all your cards and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the hardest part about drafting that we run into with 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 you, with you at it, um, has been what cards do you pick? Um, how do you pick those cards? You know, what do you do with them? And uh, what we've come across is looked up some rules, something that we could say, hey, these are the cards you should get. So uh, it's a big trading card game that's been around for 
the longest is magic, right? And in magic, they use a acronym called REST. They call it, uh, so it's bombs, which is just cards that you throw down. They cause immediate impact on the table. Um, removal, like cards that will remove other cards, things that are evasive, uh, aggro cards, and then dust. Basically, the rest of the stuff you need to fill out your deck, right? And aggro means aggressive. Yes. Um, and that's that's what, that can work uh, in a way for Lorcana. Um, it doesn't, um, it's kind of fitting a square peg into a round hole, so it doesn't work perfectly. Um, and we were kind of bothered by that. We were like, what can, what would work for Lorcana? Um, and it also has to have something to do with Disney because you can't just name something after bread or a keto <laughs> is something else. You can't just like look at an object in the house and name it. If we're going to do Disney, we've got to pick something Disney. Um, and we talked about it for a while and we came up with the genie method. Um, now, we're, we're still newbies at the trading card game. So this is just something us going back and forth, spitballing, saying, hey, what would we look for first in a card? So um, it's not perfect, but we think this is kind of cool. We also got our own enchanted genie healer. <laughs> um, so why don't Jen? Why don't you go over what each one is? Okay. Absolutely. So, so we we kind of it's like you said we just kind of spitballed this, and so if you have any suggestions for either another acronym that we could possibly use or another way we can use one of these letters, like feel free to add it in the comments or again, shoot us an email. And what's that email again, Matt? It's questlorequestions at gmail.com. Questlorequestions at gmail.com, thank you. So for the G in Genie, it's gimmies and greats. So the first thing that usually we all look for is, are there any big cards? Do Is there anything that is like, like very, very elusive that are as hard to find. Um, so you're looking for, like we have here, um, you know, our, our big cards that, um, what's this called again? Sorry, I forget. Uh, the special cards. Oh, that's an enchanted An one. enchanted. So you're looking, if you see an enchanted card, you are obviously going to take that immediately. Um, and then when it comes to greats, it's the cards that you know are just really, really, really great cards to use. Um, things that like, like the sad piece, like we talked about, um, things like be prepared, um, you know, just like cards that, you know, are cards that everybody use, uses, um, that are great names. Um, and then the gimme part, what's the, what's the gimme part, Matt? So the gimme part in, in Lorcana, like the name of the game seems to be drawing cards. So you want to keep up the tempo of being able to play cards and having cards in your hands to play. If you don't have cards in your hand to play, you can't play. So it's really important to always be drawing cards. So the gimme's are gimme cards, gimme yes. cards, gimme cards. So any card that allows you to draw more, um, whether it's a popsicle or a, um, like I know what something that I play in mine is a song um, that is um, a whole new world that lets you draw seven whole new cards. So that would be something that you are looking for. Uh, and then for the E? Evictors. So, Malcolm, what do you think we mean by evictors? Like, what does evicting mean? Do you know? Nope. No? You don't know what evicting means? So, evicting means you're getting rid of your opponent's oh, cards. Yes. Okay? Um, so, any kind of card that's going to get rid of your opponent's cards that prevents them from 
Maui. You don't want to see your opponent panic. Maui. Maui's a big evictor because he's a big honking card that his main goal is just getting rid of your card. So, or getting rid of, so that's definitely a big one. I know my least favorite one I like to see across from me is be prepared because that gets rid of everybody on the board. Uh, so I, I don't definitely, you know, definitely hope to have that in my hand and don't want to see that in my opponent's hand. Sure. Another thing that I hope that doesn't see in my opponent's hand is that stupid Shurikan. Oh, Shurikan? Shurikan. Yeah. So Shurikan, uh, not really an evictor. He's more of a he's more of a almost a, a, a great card, especially in a draft, mm -hmm. because you're going to be doing a lot of battling. Whenever you battle uh, another character, and Shere Khan's on the board, you get his game a little. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's, he's more, more in that thing. Another evictors too is don't forget to look for songs, because there's a lot of really great songs that are evictors, like Smash or like um, Grab Your Swords. Mm -hmm. No, Smash isn't a song. It's an action. Oh, it's an action. Sorry. Grab your swords is a song. Yeah. And then Smash is an action. So, you know, like, don't forget to look for those actions and those songs that also will help get rid of your opponent's cards. And the next one is probably my favorite of the letters, just because of what we ended up spinning it with. And that is N for no touchy. No touchy. No touchy. No touchy. No touchy. Um, and what we're meeting here is those ones that have a, a that are harder, cards that are harder to interact with. Um, they're cards that uh, basically, when you're using them, um, they either have ward, so they can't be a they can't be a target for actions and songs. Um, they're evasive, so they can only be challenged by other evasive characters, or uh, they have uh, resist, so it's hard to do damage to them because that first few hits of damage just don't count. Um, so the prince uh, for resist any of the evasive characters like this. Um, genie. This genie right here is evasive, and um, or ward is, is no touchy Cusco. Yeah. Um, the the Cusco from the first chapter, uh, no touchy, who was pretty much famous for that specific ability. Mm -hmm. And then and then there's a lot of cards that have resist. Yeah. And and again, like the resist is great to have because if you are using like a grab your swords or like a um, you know, like any of those, like it doesn't do damage to a lot of those resist characters. Right. Uh, for I, came up with interesting inkable. So one of the one of the things that we noticed that red didn't really do anything with that's important in this game is inkable cards. Um, as you can see, the genie here, it is a, a great card. It's non-inkable. So if you got this in your opening hand, you're going to really struggle with this card because you can't ink it and you have to wait until at least your sixth turn in order to play it. And that's going to be frustrating. Um, usually what I hear kind of a rule of thumb is to try to stick to um, like six to eight maximum non-inkable cards when you're doing a draft. So you definitely want to make sure that the majority of your cards are inkables. But you also want to look for interesting inkables, ones where you quest for two lore, or ones that have other special abilities. Absolutely. Um, that brings us to our last letter, which is E for Essentials. Um, what this is, so this is the last thing you're looking for, right? You're looking at these things in order. This is the last thing you're looking for. And that's the thing that you just need to fill out the deck with, 
right? If you need something that you can play on turn one, turn two, turn three, you got to make sure you grab those. Um, and those are the last things you're gonna you're gonna want to grab while you're filling out your deck. So the genie method: G for gimmies and greats, E for victors, N for no touchy, I for interesting ingables, and E for essential. Uh, now we're gonna go through an example of what we're talking about with each of these really quickly. Um, so G for gimmies and greats. Um, all these cards either uh, will give you cards or they have an effect immediately when played. So Cogsworth, he gives everyone resist plus one. He makes your entire board really difficult to act with. He's also got ward, so he's in, he's difficult to interact with because it's going to take a lot to do damage to, to um, you can't, you can only do it with a full effect to do damage to him unless they actually quest with him and no one quests with him. So he just stays there giving everybody resist. Um, Tinkerbell, she does one damage to everybody the minute she enters the board. Not only that, when she destroys someone, she does two damage to another target. So like people can't quest because they're going to do damage to the to other characters that they've just played. And she's shiftable. So, you know, if you can also find um, a three tank in there and then you can shift her, uh, like that's awesome because then you can play this card on turn four instead of turn six. And then Malcolm, what's that last card? Ran down the other side. I did that way too much. <laughs> what does it do? It lets me draw two cards. It's also sung for um, singing. That, that is by far probably the most sung star song mm -hmm. in all of Morgana. Yeah. Probably sung the most by the Maleficent Sorceress. Because you play her on turn three, yeah. you draw a card, then you make her sing on the next turn to draw two more. Yeah, yeah I don't want you hanging out with those guys. <laughs> next, the Evictors. Uh, so the first one I put on here was the Madame Impop. She's got Rush, um, so you play her on turn three. And it just runs right over any opponent almost that's out there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anybody that has uh, a power, you know, a resistance or a four or higher. So that's definitely taking out anybody. That's taking out most characters, especially anything that you play by turn three. Exactly. Um, the next one, uh, I want to include a couple actions on here. So we've got Ring the Bell. Um, this can be a particularly tricky one. It doesn't see too much. This is one where it doesn't get played a ton in Constructed. It's, it's a little bit. But... Uh, it finds a place in draft because you get those character, those really big characters that someone puts out that you have a hard time dealing with. Um, Ring the Bell will banish any damaged character. So you just ping them with a little bit of damage, and then you can play this to get rid of them. Uh, and then the last one, you guys are the one who wants to say what it is. Smash! I <laughs> you smashed my cage. Um, <laughs> just leave it. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Smash deals three damage to any chosen character. You can play this until only team three, turn three, and this will get rid of most characters. No touchy. No touchy. So we've got the prince. He's got resist plus one. He's also a bodyguard, uh, so you have to interact with him. But you've got to do more. You've got to do four damage to him, and when he's coming out on turn three. Like the fox can take care of him, but that's about it for a couple of turns. And and if you don't know how bodyguard works, if you uh, bring out a bodyguard card, even when the ink is at, the ink is wet, you can play them exerted, and it actually protects all of your other cards in play, so that you have to take out the bodyguard card before you can take out anything else. So this is even a really great card to play late in the game when you've got some um, big guns out there. Um, 
you know, and you don't want it, you know, you've got your great cards out there and you don't want them to be touched. You can put the prince up there. And again, you need somebody that attacks for four to get rid of him first before they can uh, get rid of your other cards. Um, Somebody who looks very good with the prince is the, is the big evil Sabrina. Uh, the next one is Minnie Mouse, Stylish Surfer. Uh, she's an evasive card. Uh, no, you use a lot of evasive cards. I'm used to playing with evasive. No, that's me. No, no consent. It, um, evasive means that you only can challenge them if the, you your, your character has evasive. You can fight other evasives. But that's it unless you have a special item or songs. Yep. I use this a lot in my deck. It's basically just a weaker prince without bodyguard or this. Has the same attack, same flag. So but the evasive but, part is But she's evasive, so it's hard to interact with her. This is probably the most popular evasive out there right now because it does survive and grab your sword, so you have to do more to get rid of her than just sing a song. Yep. Last one is Cusco. Which is the reason why we even Put, you know, touch yeah. So he's got Ward, um, and he during the first chapter he was really hard to deal with when you put him out there, um, because you had to attack him, and when you attack him uh, and you banish him, your character also gets banished. So people didn't want to interact with him, and you couldn't just sing a spell a song at him because he's got Ward. So you had to sing, grab your sword twice in order to get rid of him, or grab your sword and something like. Like the Let the Storm Rage On that's played now or Strength of Raging Fire doesn't work on him because you have to choose him and he has sword. So he's only area of effect. The only way to get rid of him, unless he was tapped, is grab your sword and be prepared. So very difficult, hard to work with. Yeah. I for interesting inkables. So uh, basically all of these cards have something that makes them a little bit more than just your regular cards. So the first one is Jafar. Um, his ability is that he is evasive on your turn. So it's not it's not as good as a regular evasive uh, because he doesn't have any protection once you've tapped him to quest for, for lore. Um, but at 3-2, he can take out most evasive characters that are being played right now. So he's really useful to have. Uh, especially in a draft, people are going to grab those evasive characters. So if you have something that can counteract that, um, and it only costs two to play. Yeah, low cost to play, attacking at three, pretty good card. Yeah. The next one is uh, Eudora. Eudora, or Tiana's mom. So, the wife of <laughs> the character that I talked about at the beginning, which is was Tiana's dad. But this one's actually like a very strong. Wrong card. Like human, like people, like may not seem like it's good, but it's actually very good. So it goes for five, which is the part that people think is um very stupid. But <laughs> not even now we can take out her. Exactly. Not even now we can take out her, and and she quests for two every single time, and that will add up if you can't get rid of her. Yep. You know? Yep, it's it's it, she can quest with questing for two, and the fact that um, when you're doing a draft, there's not going to be as much removal. Most of the removal cards in Lorcana are either rare, super rare, or or legendary, um, and you're not going to have as many of those available. Like no one is going to run in with four be prepared or 
four uh, Ladies Remains or four Maleficent Dragons in their deck. You're not going to run into that. So it's going to be a lot harder to remover. Even with that Ring the Bell that we had from earlier, right, you still need to have someone attack her first and then play Ring the Bell. So it's going to take you two card actions, essentially, mm-hmm. to get rid of her, yep. not just one. The only thing that can really get rid of her are the card And the Goofia. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. Also, you don't play him until turn 10. So. Yeah. Yeah. So nine. Okay. Okay. Um, Malcolm, can you tell us what that last card is? Goat. <laughs> <laughs> what is goat? Why is goat so interesting? When you play him, he gains one more, which is amazing. And when you get when he leaves, he gains he gains one more. So basically, if you pair him with stuff like Madame Mims or Arthur. You could be getting two lords just from playing him and putting him back. Well, we like to call that sneaky lore. Yeah. It's lore that, like, your opponent doesn't know is coming. Um, because, you know, when you, you know what lore is coming based on what's already in play and what's already wet. Um, it's the sneaky lore that, you know, that can win you a game, that can trick your opponent. So, you know, if you played Merlin and then backed it up with another card that then removes Merlin back into your hand, you have two sneaky lords that that the opponent was not counting on. Here's a good thing with Merlin that I played on my dad's computer. So, so play an Arthur, then you play a Goat, quest with Arthur, get rid of the Goat, and boom, you just made five lords. Yeah. With all yep. that. It's, that, it's, that's the strategy. Yep, yep, that's a very good strategy. It's it's gotten me a few times. <laughs> uh the last one is E Essentials. Here, like I just put a one, a two, and a three drop card here. These are like nothing special card wise. Um out of all of these, the only one that sees play in like a regular constructed deck right now is Olaf, and that's just because he's the only one drop you really got for um for, for Amethyst. Um, and that one three line means he survives, grab your swords, and, and let the storm rage on. Uh, you can put two damage on him with teeth, but none of these cards are super special, but you need to make sure you can ramp properly and that you have the right cards in your deck so that you can play something at turn one, can play something in turn two, can play something in turn three. It's really tempting to get all the big, powerful cards, but if you only get the big, powerful cards and you don't have the ones, the twos, and the threes, you're going to be sitting there doing nothing for the first three turns, except putting card, putting those big powerful cards into your ink well, until you finally get a chance to play, and you're probably gonna already be behind by then. Okay, so that's our genie method for drafting. Um, so G for gimme grades, gimme's and grades. E is for victors, N is for... No, no touching! <laughs> I is for... <laughs> Interesting inkables. And the last E is for essentials. Um, let us know what you think about that. Make, leave a comment. Uh, leave a review. Um, send us questions at questlorequestions at gmail.com. Do you have any recommendations for something Disney-like that we could use for a drafting acronym? Um, now we're going to move on to looking at some cards from that have been released over the couple past few weeks for Into the Inklands. Because we're just super excited about it. And I want to show these guys some of the new cards. Um, so while we're going through them, let's take a look at them and see, do we think they're good cards for constructed? Do we think they're good cards for draft? Um, 
we want them all anyway, but, you know, which are the ones that you guys are excited to see play with? So let's get started there. Okay. So first, we're starting off with a couple of Robin Hood cards. Um, the one on the right, I'll start there, is Robin Hood Betrayed Outlaw. It costs one and it's inkable. It has two strength and two willpower quest for one. So it's a, it's a one drop that you can put into seal. The reason I have it here, it's a common card. It's not really that exciting, but you can now pair it with Robin Hood Champion of Shored Forest, a legendary card. It costs five and is inkable. Strength of three, willpower of six. You can shift it on turn three. It has two abilities. First is Skilled Combatant. During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you gain two more. And then the good of others. When this character is banished in the challenge, draw a card. That's great. So not only do you get lore by challenging others, you also get to draw a card when he eventually is removed. So a regular play, I I can see this being played a lot. Um, you know, so I do play Steel, I play Steel Song, but I can see this more in the Steel Ruby deck that a lot of people are playing. Yeah. Um, I think that this would go really well in there. Um but um you know being able to play um that on turn three when most other one two and three drop cards can be taken out with that three um so that you can use the special ability um that's great and so to be able to do that and still like because you know you you look at it a lot of times with cards that have two or three lore sometimes you like think, oh, I don't know, do I want to use them to challenge because I don't want to lose the lore? Now you can challenge and still get that two lore. And so that's awesome. Um, and it's, But it's also going to be one that's hard to get rid of. The six willpower is great. But when they do get rid of so because even Maui's not getting rid of that. Um, but no, if they do, is. No, I think Maui goes for five, doesn't he? Oh, he does go for Okay, so Maui does get rid of that. But then you get to draw a card. Yeah. Um, so... But again, it's like pretty much just like there's maybe three or four cards that would get rid of him in one shot. Um, and yep. so that's awesome. Because even with it not being shiftable, that's still a great card at only a five cost. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Um, and when you're talking about steel, at least, right, there's obviously you can pair with something else. But when you're talking about steel, right, not only do you not have this new one drop Robin Hood, there's already a three drop Robin Hood in steel. The one that you can tap and do one damage to an opponent. Yeah, so that's really that's good. another target that you can shift on top of on your on turn four, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so it definitely has a lot of potential here with these cards. And a great card for a draft too. Yes, that both of these. Absolutely. Um, definitely the one drop falls under an essential card that uh, that you need a spot in as a dog superb, uh, and then that guy you put him on board and you're going to be able to attack people and gain more um that's yeah. definitely not great by the way i love the art on that card i, I love robin hood is definitely one of my favorites you know from my childhood i mean, obviously it came out decades before i was a child but then i watched a lot as a child um so I, i'm loving that that game from the champion of show yeah, he is it's a really it's a really great card and obviously if you see it in a draft grab that card and Fortunately, since the other one's a common card, there's a good chance you're going to see the one drop Robin Hood during the draft. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. We get two cards that fall under Ruby and Amethyst. I paired these two together because one is a song and one is Ariel, who just loves to sing so much. Um, the first one is Ariel, Adventurous Collector. 
Uh, she costs three, is inkable, has a strength of two, willpower of three, is evasive, and then her special ability is firing voice. Whenever you play a song, chosen character of yours gains evasive until the start of your next turn. Ooh, Ooh that's actually very that's good. good for this. Um, well, it can't because it's red. It's, but... red, it's ruby. Um, so the big... Um, in Ruby Amethyst right now, which is one of the most popular decks um, being played, uh, the most popular card is like that uh, mini stylish circle. Because she's evasive, she's 1-3, mm -hmm. so she can't get taken down by grab your sword, uh, or that you, know, you need at least 3 to take her down. So people are playing other cards just to deal with her. Now you can play this evasive character, uh, not have her attack, just give evasive to someone else, and they'll take her out. Because she doesn't take her out one trade, you have to play her, you have to run into a mini twice. Right now you can give evasive to your fox, evasive to mouse, evasive to any of those characters. Yeah. And take them take out their evasive one evasive characters. Um, right now, like I play Peter Pan yeah. Shadow. <laughs> I'm playing Peter Pan Shadow in my deck just to deal with that mini mouse stylish surfer. Um, now I can take that out and since that's uninkable and I can replace it with this. Um, I paired her with a song because obviously she has that special ability with the song um, called The Boss is on a Roll. The Boss is on a Roll. He's poor, unfortunate souls. <laughs> I like it. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, cost three is inkable. Uh, the ability is look at the top five cards in your deck. Put any number of them on the top of, or the bottom of your deck in any order. So you get to look at the and next, gain a war and you gain a war. So you get to look at the top five cards, put them in any order you want, put any ones that you don't want to see anytime soon at the bottom of your deck for a three cost song. So wow. and she can sing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so you have her, you'll sing it and give someone else evasive with it and gain a lore. So it's another thing that gives you sneaky lore, just like sneaky the lore. goat. Not as yeah. good as the goat, but just like the goat, right? You're getting lore that your opponent wasn't counting on, uh, couldn't see on the board. So, um, I, what do you guys think of these cards? Amazing. Like, these are very good for that. And also, um, that art seems very cool on the cereal. I, I, you know, I was going to say, I actually really like the Ursula art. That's really cool. But, yeah, they're good. Especially that, that aerial evasive, like, you always, again, anything that's an evasive, especially a low-cost evasive, you always want that in the draft. I, um, what do you think about that? I don't know about the boss card not in the deck. Like, I don't know how well it would do. I mean, so it gives you sneaky lore, but, like, it seems like it would be good, though. Well, because remember, because the fact, so, like, if there's specific cards you're looking for and you want to get them on your next turn, now you know. It's it's kind of like, what's that other card that you can look at the top of your deck right now? Ursula's Pauldron is the one that you okay. probably the most that lets you look at the card. Look at the top of your deck. I just want to put them on the top. I think. Yeah. Um. So th there are a lot of cards that seem to be doing this. This is the one that digs the deepest, keeping five cards in, um, mm -hmm. into your deck. So it's. I'm not I, for sure that aerial card is going to see a ton. I'm then like, oh no, it's a super rare, um, which means it's going to be harder to find, right? Yeah. Like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, but that card is for sure going to be in people's decks. What people are really waiting for is a Bloodborne Aerial, because yeah. there are so many Aerial cards right now. Like, what's that Bloodborne going to look like? What yep. is that going to do? Yeah. Um, also, well, has there ever um, been a 
Have they talked about it? No. Nope. Just just people that play, but not Disney yep. or not uh, Rothenberger. Um, I'm not sure about the song, but I, definitely that area was great. Uh, moving on, Pluto makes his debut in Lorcana. Um, we've got two cards. Uh, I'll start with the one on the right, the smaller one. This is Pluto Friendly Pooch. Cost one is uninkable. Uh, has a strength of zero, willpower of two. Ability is good dog. You tap him and you pay one ink less for the next character you play this turn. So basically, uh, a lantern on a dog. Yeah, a right? lantern on a dog. Yes, and it only costs one. So, but the only thing is, it's not there forever. So, right. So you're basically use them turn one to play a three cost card on turn three. On turn two. On turn two. Yeah. Yes. This is this is going to be a bad thing to happen. Hey Pluto, can I tell you over to Pluto and I'm going to die to? Oh my God. That got dark. No. 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 That's so dark. Okay. Uh, the other card, though, uh, is Pluto Determined Defender. Um, yes, he costs seven, is inkable, shift five, has a strength of three, willpower eight, has the bodyguard ability, and has the ability Guard Dog, where at the start of your turn, remove up to three damage from this character. So this is also a bodyguard, and his willpower is eight. So it's going to take a lot to do damage to wow. him. And at the start of your turn, you get to remove three of that damage. And now we can't even defeat him. What? So you, like somebody's either going to, the only way to get rid of him is to either throw like multiple cards at him at one turn or to be prepared. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he costs seven, but like I yes. would expect a card like this to cost seven. But that shiftable means that technically you could bring him out on turn five if you, if you, you know, had Pluto out the turn before him. So, because, right. I mean, if you put Pluto out in turn one, he's not going to stay there long. But, um, and actually, technically, if you put Pluto out on turn three, you could bring that other one out in turn four because it costs one less. Yes. So, um. it would actually only shift four with his special ability. And if you could bring him out on turn four, that is nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Pretty big bodyguard to deal with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have two things. So number one, I'm super surprised that Maui cannot defeat him. Yeah. And plus, once Maui doesn't defeat him, if you don't do anything with him, he could just, like, so once Bowie defeats him and he's done anything, he goes up to but then once it's your next turn, he can go back up to five. Yeah, exactly. Like being able to remove that three, wow, that is a powerful card. I super awesome. I see that I see that getting a lot of play. And also, is that the Pluto for that will heal a Mickey Mouse clubhouse stuff. I, love I also love how the Pluto friendly one is the same like background and stuff. With yes, the I'm Mouse. so glad you noticed that. Good work, Mouse. I was just about really? to bring that up. Yes, I know. You, I love you, that. They mirror so. each other. Mickey's opening the other. Mickey's basically on the other side of that door oh, that's that so he's walking cute. through. So it's 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 very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love when the cards are doing that. And like for the the doors to do it too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Move on to our next set. So, uh, after your guys' reaction to the Piglet Pirate last week, I had to include him here. 
Uh, he is a super rare. He's got a piglet, uh, piglet poo pirate captain. Um, cost two is tankable. Strength of two, willpower of two. Has the ability, and I'm the captain. I'm the captain. <laughs> while you have two or more characters in play, this character gets plus two to four. Oh, so basically a weak old Christopher Robin. Sort of, because Christopher Robin is pretty ready to give two more. So this is just when you have two other characters in play, he gets plus two. So you could play, you know, uh, uh, one drop on turn one, Piglet on turn two, you play your third card, third character on turn three, and then you can quest for Piglet for three instead of just one. one oh, my God. So if you follow a curve, at least on turn three, you're going to be able to get three more instead of just one. That, wow. that could be very aggressive. Yeah, so for not sure. that could fit into your deck pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. That's another drop to throw in there. Um, Pongo? Yes. So the other card is Pongo, Determined Father. He costs three and is tankable. He's another super rare. His strength is three, willpower is two. His special ability is Twilight Bark. Once oh, per yeah. turn, you may pay two ink to reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a character card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, put it at the bottom of your deck. So if you were playing a heavy character deck, this lets you draw a card every turn for two ink. Um, so that could be a very useful card because drawing cards is big. Is big for Lorcan. Especially in Amber decks too. Um, mm -hmm. that's yeah, that's that's awesome because there's not a ton of card drawing cards in the Amber deck. No, most of the Amber ones where you get to draw a card, you have to like do healing damage or something. Yes. So, so that's 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 and and for it only to cost three as well. Yeah. Um, if you have that out, then you're not you know you have a bodyguard symbol protecting it. Like you could use this for quite a few turns. Yep. Awesome. Um. So I have two things. So number one, I hope in chess. What? You couldn't remember the three of you, dude. But go ahead. But I hope in so I hope in chess what that um so kind of like the Pluto and Thing. There's a assistant pilot when pilot wins the poo. Wow, that could be okay. cool. That would be really cool if like you get a one drop, a two drop, and a three drop of the pilots for like just like the three of them. That would be cute. Alright, here are a couple cards from DuckTales. We've got Scrooge McDuck, super rare. The richest duck in the world. Cost five is uninkable. Strength of three. Willpower of five. Special abilities are ongoing home during this turn. During your turn, the character gains evasive, so they're evasive on your turn. And I didn't get rich by being stupid. Thank you. During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may play an item for free. Hmm. Now, uh, you'll see that the reason I paired these two together is the next card here is Lucky Dime. The first non character legendary card. Ooh. It costs seven and it's uninkable. Uh, the special ability is number one. When you, you can tap it, you pay two ink, choose a character's character of yours, and gain lore equal to their lore. So any character <laughs> you've got on the board, you can use this to gain lore equal to their lore. Ow. That'll be good for um, like making Because you just have to be playing them. The sapphire doesn't often go with those. Yeah. So, um, a, a big one you could use is this. It's, and considering that odds are you're going to be fairly late in the game when you're playing this. Like the earliest you can play Scrooge, right, is turn five. 
um, assuming you're not doing any type of weird shenanigans stuff. Um, you play in Scrooge on turn five. On turn six, you're able to defeat something with Scrooge and can play the lucky die, right? Then uh, you'll probably have to wait. Well, no, you probably have to play the consent. Mm -hmm. You could have a bell on the board, um, and if she's if you got over ten eight, she's mm -hmm. pressing four five, mm -hmm. so you can gain five boards that way. Yeah. Um, or Toa, if you got a bunch of items on the board, mm -hmm. you could essentially double the amount of boards you're getting, or get that amount of boards in turn that you play them instead of having to wait for them. And this is another one where the the, the turn you play it again, it's two to war. Um, but what's the one problem with these cards? They're uninkable. Yeah. And they're big. And it's hard to keep big uninkable cards because if you get them in your opening hand, they're just sitting there, yep. like taking up space in your hand. Unless if you blow snap them. Do what? Do what? Blow snap. What's browsing them? What browsing does that mean? You know, like, oh, the mulligan. Oh, to mulligan them. Yes, sure. But I'm saying, like, even after your mulligan, if you have these in your opening hand after your mulligan, that's problematic. Or if you draw them or anything like yes, that. Yes, if you draw them early, they're just going to be sitting ducks in your hand and you can't do anything with them. Literally <laughs> ducks. Yes, very good. I mean, um, one of them's a duck. The other one's just a dime with a mad. It's a magi inside. Sure. So, cards look like they're going to work great together, but it's getting them both in your hand at the right time, getting them to do the things that you need them to do. Um, you know, that's going to be a little problematic. There's Especially because you don't often see a blue deck that goes a really long time. And I worry that you're never going to get that lucky dime out there to actually do any good unless you get the Scrooge and the lucky dime. Like the lucky dime on its own, I'm just, I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing it having a lot of play. I, in a draft. In a draft, no. Definitely not. I wouldn't take either of the, well, okay. The Scrooge I might. I would not take either of these cards in a draft if I'm playing the draft with you. Yes. If I open up the pack and these two cards are my, I see these in my, my pack that when this, First weekend, yeah, grab them. Yeah, of Because um, they're super rare and it's legendary and they're yeah. going to be hard to find. Um, but to play in a draft, I might not even play them. Yeah. I might just take them because I need them for a collection, but no, I'll probably just play with them. Um, and then even in a constructed deck, you're building something around items. There are a lot of a lot of Sapphire cards that come out this, uh, for this set that do stuff with items. We haven't gone over all of them. We probably won't. There's just too many cards to go over in too little time. Um, so maybe there's something there to build an item deck if item cities go in them. And item city. Item city! Okay, so, um, time to tell you about item city. So the first ever draft that I did, um, I, I had this one section that had, like, five items out. One, I don't remember what they are. And we were just like, he has item city. And if he had Tomatoa, he would be, he would probably be winning. <laughs> But unfortunately, he didn't. He just had like 20 items. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there might be something there with Sapphire to make something that relies on items. We'll see, we'll probably give it a try at some point. Uh, throw it on Pixel Four and see what we can do there. Um, and see if items will work. But these are the cards that I've gone over for, for this week. Um, we'll do another set uh, next week, which will be. Uh, We'll have two 
more episodes before we play with it to get a plan. So we'll have one next week, and then we'll do something probably a day early uh, the week after, and we'll go over some more cards. Maybe we'll have some enchanted DAOs. We'll have the rest of the uh, legendaries out. Maybe even some English translations of some of them. There are some that have been released that I'm really excited for, but they're in French. Um, <laughs> and I cook French. I don't French. So, he, you know. barely, he barely passed French. But I passed, and that's all that matters, okay? Okay. All right. So those are our cards for the week. Uh, boys, um, before we go into trivia time, do you guys have any questions for us? What is the rarest card in the game? What is the rarest card in the game? Um, including all, including all the, including, um, not including the so if you're talking about um, packs that you can open in a store, uh, the rarest cards are the enchanted cards. And the most valuable enchanted card is the Elsa Spirit of Winter enchantment. Um, that is probably the, it's the most, it's the card that has the most value right now from packs that you can just open. The rarest card and the most uh, valuable card actually a copy of Mickey Brave Little Taylor that they handed out uh, I want to say it was the D23 Expo um, it was the very first card that was ever given out to anyone so given out to a bunch of people that went to the D23 Expo um, and you got to imagine a bunch of them get probably just thrown in the trash and they go for like thousands of dollars they got a little D23 stamp just the exact same as any other Brave Little Taylor except they got a little Like it literally was the first time they'd seen any card. Yeah, that was the very yeah, it was before any of the sets came out, before anything was released, it was the very first card that was given out to anyone. Because like Graham Rochelle was kind of like the mascot of the Yeah, at least that first chapter, right? That was what the puzzle pieces fit into. Um yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing, can we go back to the Truth to Dust thing? Truth I oh. love how the art is so good to the show. Because that 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 food is the exact like basic image of the show, and like I actually just watched the episode this morning, and that background was in the episode I watched. Awesome. Sure. What about the lucky die one? No, that's like because Ragnar. That's just a dreamboard problem for us. Like not what it yeah. actually is. There have been a lot of other um, Ducktales yeah, uh, cards being released with this set. Um, yes, there's a Huey, Dewey, and Louie one. They work together. Um, there's, uh, I forget magic because it spells, like, not daughter. Oh, God. Yeah. She's, he's there. I like um, him. But then, launch pad McQuack is the question. I don't believe there's a launch pad McQuack yet. People are actually more excited than everyone's waiting for magic to spell. That's the card people want. Yeah. They, there's a plant card gun gold one. Um, is that that type of special ability? No, no. I, I, I don't remember what special ability. That's awesome. He's a great um, character. He's there. Um, and then there's Tales of Cards. Like, oh! Um, yeah. Which is funny because they've been releasing a lot of cards over in um, other countries to kind of get other countries excited about it. So a lot of cards that are in French and then people translate it. And so Tailspin in other countries was Super Balloon. <laughs> and I'm like, that is awesome. Super and balloon. then when you translate some of the other cards, it's like, when these characters quest, you get this, right? But when you throw them in like Google Translate, now it says, when they go on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
That's awesome. I'm going to use that. Um, and then it says reshuffle your cards, but when you translate it through Google Translate, it says remix. So like, remix. Right, I got to remix my cards, man. Remix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if there's like a dreamborn Shere Khan, like playful Shere Khan, like 
in the cup and playing around like a ball of yarn or something, but he's a taker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorcerer Mickey yeah. from the first set, but that is not my Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> that is some weird thing, and I'm happy for the broom people that he exists and that brooms <laughs> exist. Go with your brooms. Um, hopefully, that one day that works out for everyone. But I want a regular freaking Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey, yeah. and I want it an enchanted version of it. And that is probably one of the few that I will pull and I will keep and I will frame on my wall. That's where it will stay forever. Yeah. Can I finish filming with you, Claudia? Oh, you're not supposed to, buddy. You're good. You're good. Okay. It's trivia time. Let's see what people know. Okay. A few of these might be a little difficult to know. All right. Disney trivia. What do the circus thieves want to steal? In the Hunchback of Notre Dame, two. <laughs> There's a two? I, I only seen the odd one. What? You've never even seen Hunchback. Uh, elephant. I, I don't know. I love Hunchback of Notre Dame. I did not know there was a two. So it's the prize bell from Notre Dame. Uh, of course. The bell from um, Notre Dame. <laughs> What are the names and colors of the three kittens from the Aristocats? Oh, I know this one. Uh, pink, brown, gray. What are the pink? White. It's white, brown, and gray. But what are their names? No, it's pink, orange, and gray. Pink. There's no pink. Oh, oh white. There's the white. But they kill the bows. Yeah, the bows. The bow oh, white, white, and gray. There is a white kitten. An orange kitten and a gray kitten. What are their names? Aristocats. Honestly, like I, I did think this was a very cute movie, and I do love the song. But yeah, I do not know their I mean, oh, So no. you had the colors right. It yes. is gray, white, and orange. Yes. Uh, the gray cat is Beloise. But give it to me. It's French. No, let me see the answers. Uh, the white cat is Marie. Marie, oh, I knew that. that and the orange cat is Palouse. Palouse. Melly. The baguette! Oh, yeah! Long words. We actually played the baker in the class. In, in Peter's baby. Yeah. Alright. Here's another banger. Uh, in Cars 2, oh, no. what does the Queen of England do to, do to Mater after he saves the day? He, he give, he, they take him into the light gear thing. Uh, not the light gear, the, the, the helicopter thing. Right? The blimp. What does the Queen of England do to people that, <laughs> that does things? Oh, he knighted her. She knighted her. She knighted her. Goodness gracious. I don't know. What is the Okay, here's the good give me. What is the name of Wally's love interest in Wally? <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> uh, extra points if you can tell me what she stands for. Oh. Eva. <laughs> Um, gosh, I should know that. It's like one of my favorite movies. Extraterrestrial TV. Nope. Extra, extraterrestrial 
No, where are we getting terrestrial? It's to V. Look, no. extraterrestrial is the right first word. Yeah, so it is. That's what I The V, um, I'm thinking like vocational or like, like what voyage, she, voyaging. What is evaluating? Um, plant life. So, vegetation. There you go. Okay, extraterrestrial, vegetation, evaluator? Yes. Yes, yeah, but it's only V. Yeah, E-V-E. That's her name. That's her name. It's E-V-E. It's just it's an acronym. Oh. Okay. All right. And then here is uh, a little bit of a tricky one. Um, the release of Zuka took place exactly 11 years after the release date of which movie? Is it A, Toy Story 3, B, Tangled, C, Cars 2, or D, The Princess and the Frog? I want to guess. I, a Pixar movie because it's a Pixar movie. But I didn't really see any. I gotta say Princess and Frog. So Luca Luca came out in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So that would have been twenty ten. Who should I play? So I think it would be Tangled. I'm gonna get Tangled. Tangled. Princess and the Frog, or are you changing your answer? Toy Story Three. But didn't Toy Story Three came out after you guys were born? I don't know. I'm going to say Tangled, because I think that came out right before Muppet was born. Toy Story 3. Oh, good job. Good job, good job I could have swore that was after they were born. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> yes, yes we are. Fun times. Great. Okay, um, so that is the end of our show, everyone. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Emmett. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you for all of you listening and watching. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on all the different places where you can get podcasts. Um, wherever you found us, please, please uh, like, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Send us questions at questlorequestions uh, at gmail.com. Uh, if there's anything you wish to know, any questions you want to ask us, whether it's about Lorcana or not, feel free to send an email there. Again, please like, subscribe, leave reviews everywhere that you can. Let us, leave us a comment. Let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know how you're liking the show. Um, we really appreciate uh, you for taking the time to join us on this journey. Um, so from our family years, keep playing Lorcana and having fun. And Oswald the Lucky Rabbit for Lorcana. And the Cow's Dance for Lorcana. What? What? <laughs>